Hub and Spoke Audio Collective The French version of America's Got Talent is called La France a un incroyable talent. France has an unbelievable talent. Similar title, similar format. Performers, live audience, and a panel of judges, which includes an entertainment industry insider, a singer or two, and a comedian, someone who dishes out monstrous insults, but gets away with it, usually, because they're funny and charming. In this French show, that comedian is Samir Kula, and he doesn't hold back. He tells this Swiss singer. <laughs> we all know Switzerland is a neutral country, but that was a declaration of war. And he asked this singer, who's fully grown, looks like he's in his late 20s. Do you still live at home with your parents? Yes, says the singer. Yeah, I know, says Samir. Samir Kula has been a repeat judge on the show. He's been on for six seasons now. French audiences love him. But he's not French. He is Canadian, from Quebec, best known as a stand-up comedian. He's a star in several countries, in several languages. Please welcome back comedian, TV personality, a man of many talents, and the sweetest guy in comedy, Sugar Sammy. From Quiet Juice and the Linguistic Society of America, this is Subtitle, stories about languages and the people who speak them. Today, a conversation about the languages that Sugar Sammy speaks and the riotous comedy he makes out of them. Here's a classic Sugar Sammy riff. I saw in Park X, I saw a fast food Indian place called Curry in a Hurry. That's how creative we're getting to. Right? That's crazy. Like, how fast do you need this food? That food is not meant to be made that fast. If they open up a drive-thru, how's that going to work? Okay, just splash it on me. Come on, just splash it. I'll turn around, sprinkle it on me, man. Put it on the floor, I'll roll around in it. Oh, the meter is running. White guy's laughing. That's racist. I think you can hear that Sugar Sammy has that ability that the best comedians do of being able to bring up edgy ideas, make people uncomfortable, and then reassure them. Kind of. Anyway, that's his English stand-up. In his French show, he pokes fun just as much at French speakers, francophones, as he does at English speakers, anglophones. When I was in Montreal to meet him, it was a few years back, there'd been a big scandal over the word pasta. In Quebec, which is officially a French-speaking province of Canada, there's a government agency called the Office Québécois de la Langue Française, the Quebec Office of the French Language, which seeks to ensure that people speak French in workplaces and that business signs are all in French, that kind of thing. People who don't like these guys call them the language police. So anyway, the Office Québécois de la Langue Française sent a letter to a fancy Italian restaurant in Montreal warning the owners that they should use French words on their menu, not Italian words. No more antipasti, no more calamari, and definitely no more pasta. Cue 
outcry. Cue resignation of the director of the Office Québécois de la langue française. Cue mockery directed at overzealous bureaucrats. And cue a new gate word, Pastagate. For Sugar Sammy, Pastagate was irresistible. In the wake of it, he appeared at an awards ceremony on one of Quebec's French-language channels. He was one of the people announcing the nominations, together with none other than the then-premier of the province of Quebec, Pauline Marois. She's a Quebec nationalist, a strong supporter of French-language protections. Up on stage, on live TV, Sugar Sammy wasn't going to let that pass without doing some simultaneous translation into English. And the nominees are... <laughs> then, as he looks at the premier, he translates those words into French. <laughs> and she plays along, in English, then in French. Shut up! Ça veut dire... Ça veut dire tais-toi! That appearance won Sugar Sammy a load of new fans among both French and English speakers in Quebec. And pretty soon, he was performing four different types of stand-up. A show in French, one in English. He calls that the Illegal English Edition. He also had a spin-off of the English show called the Indian Edition. That's mainly English, but there's also some Hindi and Punjabi thrown in and some French. And then there's the version of his show that I think he's most proud of. It's called... You're gonna rire. Rire, if only I can pronounce it correctly, means laugh. It's a bilingual 50-50 French and English stand-up. People at the time told Sugar Sammy that that linguistic format would never succeed, that he had to pick either French or English, but not do both at the same time. It turned out to be a huge success, and he's still doing it. Sugar Sammy was born in Montreal to parents who'd immigrated from India. He told me that at home, and especially at school, he'd always played the funny, rebellious guy. I'd host all the talent shows at school, and when we'd have school trips, the teachers would let me go to the front of the bus to entertain the kids. I would host those shows in French, but I'd do probably my entertaining in English, you know, whenever I could. I could try to get away with it. Just because I went to French school, and it was pretty much the rules that you'd have to do everything in French but you would constantly want to flip back to English. Mm -hmm. Just because it wasn't allowed, you know? As soon as you're not allowed as a kid, you want to do it, you know? I guess, I guess that's who I've become as an adult as well, you know? Whenever people tell you you can't really talk about it or you can't do it in this language or you can't do a bilingual show, I always feel like, well, why not? Well, tell me a little bit about the bilingual show because that was based on people telling you, what, you wouldn't be able to sell it out? Well, not just not sell it out but it would I couldn't pull it off you wouldn't be able to pull it off in Montreal because you know everybody thinks there are two solitudes which to a certain extent there are but what, the, explain two solitudes to uh, our American audience well to an American audience basically Quebec is a province inside of Canada Canada is the country to the north of you <laughs> and in that province well, well, that's where the, all the comedians yeah, come from exactly. right? <laughs> and the two languages we speak two languages in Quebec I mean we officially one language which is French but uh, in Montreal in particular there's a big Anglophone and bilingual constituency and, and um, it was for years thought that Anglophones don't really watch anything that's French culture and vice versa which to a certain extent was true but I knew there was a demographic in Montreal that did consume in both languages and for years people thought there's no way there are TV shows for the French there are radio stations for the French there's a star system for the French and there's the same thing for the English so there's no way you'll pull it off 
And I always thought other people that I know who are like me, who are able to function in both languages and live in French and in English on a daily basis without even thinking about it. So I decided I'd put the show together and try to mix both sides. You mix the French and the English and you get a great hit. It worked. It worked out and I was happy it did. Ça va? Ça va? What's your name, brother? Jean-Sébastien. Jean-Sébastien. You took two names. <laughs> like, I'm going to take two. Jean-Sébastien, what do you do, brother? I love how I asked you in English. You're like, it, I'm going to answer in French. I had a feeling that there were plenty of people who wanted to, you know, hang out in the same room with people from the other side of the tracks and, and enjoy something for once. You speak to me in English, I answer you in French. I don't care which country you're in. Gets to Florida, like, hello, sir. Why? What's your business here? Ben, je viens ici faire des vacances. What the hell is this guy talking about? It was fun. It became a party of different cultures and different languages coming together. Yeah, absolutely. And the idea that it should be done across the two linguistic solitudes is quite meaningful, especially at a time when the tension, language tensions have risen again in, in recent months. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the best thing you could do is make fun of it. You know, the, the whole Pastigate thing has taken it to another level internationally for us as well. You know, we were on CNN, we were on BBC, and people were talking about Pastigate, and I, and, I, and I wasn't too sure how we were seen, so I thought I might as well, you know, make a couple jokes. I had a tweet about it the other day as well where I said, listen, I'm at a restaurant in downtown. Does anybody know the French word for macaroni? It's macaroni, you know. I think it's almost like the elephant in the room. You've got to talk about it as soon as you can because as soon as you do, you liberate everybody else. You just want that, that freedom of, of laughing about the things that bother us, you know, that's, that, that are eating at us. I think that's therapeutic for all of us, you know, including the comedian, I feel. Like if you can make people laugh about it, then, you know, it's sort of therapy for you as well. Just a quick interruption here to tell you about the subtitle newsletter. Did you know that we'll pop something into your inbox if you sign up every two or three weeks? It's a quick and fun read. There's language-themed stories that are in the news. You'll see what's coming up in future podcasts. You'll hear about other podcasts that we're listening to and we think you'll like. And there's some goofy lingo stuff as well. You can sign up at subtitlepod.com slash newsletter. That's subtitlepod.com slash newsletter. Mesdames et messieurs, Sugar Sammy! Wait! Sugar Sammy has brought his stand-up show, sometimes the French one, but usually the English one. He's brought it to more than 40 countries, including the land of his parents' birth, India. I asked him about his Indian-Canadian background. Does his ethnicity make it easier for him, more acceptable, to poke fun at his fellow Canadians, especially the white ones. Well, I think the key to it, I mean, it's not just being a you know, visible minority. That doesn't give you license to get away with everything. I think the key is you've got to make sure that when you talk about something that you have inside knowledge. You know, you've got to be an expert about it. You've got to be an insider, meaning when I talk about these cultures, when I talk about these languages, when I talk about these situations, I've actually lived them. I've actually been a part of them. So your target, you nail that down and then people connect with it. And people who are involved that you're talking about realize that you did live this experience and you do have a friend that, you know, you hung out with or you did go out with a girl who was French because we can tell with the situation that you're bringing. 
when it's just a, a generalization, well, then, you, then you're making caricatures on stage, and that's when it gets offensive, and that's when you, you can't get away with it. Whether you're white or black or uh, you know, a, a visible minority or not, uh, on stage you've got to be very specific, and you've got to have done your research. And your research has to be you have to live those moments and talk about those. And when it's authentic and genuine, people could tell. Okay, so you're doing French, you're doing English, and now also Punjabi and Hindi. I mean, like, that's, you must get different audience responses among your different audiences, and I mm -hmm. wonder if that sort of affects how you deliver your lines and, and the nature of the comedy itself. Well, I think, uh, for me, the, the language is just a means of communication. The adjustment happens culturally, meaning that if I go into India... I'll adjust my act in terms of giving them a, a real point of view of, well, I'm an Indian from North America. Here's what I see. This is how I see India. And that's how I, I would approach it. And this is the India I was sold by my parents, and it's completely different now. And I have to go tell my parents that they've made a big mistake, that it's no longer that pure India that they thought it was. So that's, that, that's kind of the angle. You have to find, okay, well, what's my point of view with this culture? So when I go into, let's say, the smaller towns in Quebec, I'm a big city Montrealer. Well, that's the point of view I come in with. I go, well, look, I'm from the big city. Here's what I see walking into your town. And this is how I feel right now. So as soon as you put that out on the table, I think they go, all right, he's authentic, he's genuine, he's told us exactly. He's not just coming here to pander, you know. He's here to tell us. I, and I actually make fun of it. I go, listen, I know it's a small town. just wondering, is this the town, type of town where you got like a sheriff and a deputy? You know, like, you know, just asking those kind of questions on stage makes them go, okay, it's a big city kid who's a little bit lost. Let's, let's help him out and let's have fun with him tonight. Mm -hmm. And that's it. You just got to adjust that way. So your, your humor always adjusts to different situations and different demographics. But uh, linguistically, everybody loves to laugh, and the structure of stand-up will stay the same, you know. That's very interesting. I mean, you know, you hear so often of people who maybe not stand up. Well, I don't know of other people who do stand-up in different languages, but certainly people who write, people who communicate in one form or another, do find that they do adjust. You know, and there's, there's certainly among uh, many bilingual people, there's the, there's the perception, at least, that they think differently, even if linguists tell us that they, they don't, uh, from one language to another. Well... The thing with me is that because all of these languages, I basically learned them simultaneously, it doesn't change the nature of who I am when I write in these languages. I still have that point of view, which is, you know, Sam Kular growing up, a Montrealer Canadian who grew up speaking Hindi, Punjabi, English, and French at the same time. So when I write, it's still me. You know, if I had to write in Spanish and I had to learn Spanish, well, then I'd probably have to, a lot of work to do because it's it's a language i'm not used to it's a culture i'm not used to then i'd say okay here we go i gotta now i gotta make a big adjustment but because i grew up speaking those four languages naturally and they were part of my development process as a kid i feel like they're just it's second nature you know it's it's almost shorthand now mm. tell us about the four shows in four nights all linguistically different from one another that you're doing later on this month yeah i felt like my workload wasn't big enough already <laughs> so i thought i thought that uh i'd do four nights look um i was already doing the uh the bilingual show and the french show here in quebec anyways so we put those back on sale for that week and it was great and then i knew there was a, a small constituency of um, of anglophones who didn't speak any french and who wanted to 
wanted to come to the shows and said, listen, I don't speak any French. I don't understand any French. It's a very small percentage. Can you – is it going to be a 100% English show? So I said, okay, I'll do one, one night and sold out within sold out within like a week or something. It was one of the quick ones to go. So we're, we're doing that for the, uh, for the unilingual anglophones. Uh, we got one for the unilingual francophones, a bilingual one, and of course now one for the Indian population in Montreal who speaks – English, French, Hindi, and Punjabi. So we'll do something fun for them as well. So it'll be a good little. Uh, so on that one, are you actually going to like flip between four different languages? Yeah, I mean it'll be all organic, like I did with the bilingual show. It'll just flow from one to the other, and I'll have specific material for the Indians here. So T- tell me a little bit about that kind of material. I mean, what, what is specific to the Indian experience of, of Quebec that is maybe different from other parts of North America? Well, first of all, like like it's seeing things that you don't see anywhere else. Like you'll see a Sikh Punjabi guy in Montreal speaking French to another Sikh Punjabi guy from across the street and yelling things out in Quebecois French, you know, to each other. Only in Quebec would you see that. So that situation makes for great comedy. Also, probably the most metrosexual Sikhs I've ever seen in my life are living in Montreal right now. You know, dressed to the T, you know, everything matches, you know, they got velvet blazers, they've got a diesel turbine. You're like, okay, well, I got to talk about this, you know? <laughs> so, uh, so, so there you go. I mean, just those experiences, having that and pointing that out, I think uh, is, is definitely something that, that audiences here appreciate. Mm. And when you, when you do a show in the United States... What do you tell them about where you come from? Well, I make fun of them a lot as well. You know, I'm, I, I, I do. Talk, I talk yeah. about being, you know, the Canadian neighbor, and then the way I see the U.S. and we see America. So you'll you'll get that right away. And I talk about a bunch of things. You know, like you know, the food, the uh, the experience, the 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 over the top patriotism. You know, so their obsession with hip hop, which you know, Canadians kind of. We're okay with it, but it's not what we love, you know, and uh, the hip-hop culture and uh, and their TV shows. So I, I kind of, you know, everywhere I, I go, I always bring my unique point of view and say, okay, well, this is where I'm from and this is what I see, you know. And I think that's that's what people like. They like that observation. They, You know, a lot of times you'll go into a place and people say, wow, you've pointed out stuff that's been around for decades and we haven't even noticed because it's become like wallpaper. You know, but you actually see it because that's what it is. You see it because you've never seen it for the first time. I've never seen it. So I see it for the first time. And what's wallpaper to some people becomes a foreground to someone who's seen it for the first time with fresh eyes. And that's, that's the fun part. Sugar Sammy, perhaps coming to a city near you. If you go to his website, which I'll post in the show notes, you can see where he'll be touring. He'll be in various U.S. cities pretty much throughout 2024. And he has more dates booked right into 2025. That's so far into the future. It's like sci-fi. Thanks to Alison Shaw, who writes Subtitles Newsletter and manages our social media accounts. Thanks also to Jackie Mao and to the gatekeeper of Studio NOLA. And thanks to you, listener. If you have the inclination, please leave us a review wherever you listen. Subtitle is a member of the Hub and Spoke Audio Collective. It's worth checking out all of the Hub and Spoke podcasts. Here's one of them, Rumblestrip, which tells extraordinary stories about ordinary people, or in the words of its host, Erica Heilman, good conversation 
that takes its time. The episode to start with is probably Finn and the Bell. I haven't heard a heartbreaking story like this told so movingly and so respectfully. It won a Peabody Award, no less. For more about Rumblestrip and all of the Hub and Spoke podcasts, go to hubspokeaudio.org. That's it for this time. Thanks for listening. We'll be back sometime in January, not quite sure when. Happy New Year. Hub and Spoke. Audio Collective.